everyone and welcome to episode lucky number 13. I'm just hanging out here talking with Eisner nominated Dave Baker. That's what the that's what the name label says on Zoom and I believe it. So may I call you Dave? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm nothing if not a proponent of a dumb bit and the minute I got nominated for that Eisner I just splattered it across everything until the day I die. I'm going to be uh, introducing myself as, oh, I'm Eisner nominee, Dave Banker. Love it. I love it. I think you should. I mean, not everybody gets one of those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we barely did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've shared some questions beforehand. I know. Uh, and thanks for meeting with me and working out the times. Google did my math right on the times because I think you're, uh, in Britain at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so thanks for connecting. I'm loving the tin tin shirt, by the way, loving oh, that. Oh, thank you. It's a bootleg tin tin shirt that my sister got me when she went to Vietnam, which is tin tin in Vietnam. It's like a fake cover to a tin tin book that doesn't exist. And the, I don't know if you can see this, but the illustration of tin tin, it, the registration is all messed up and off and like, Oh yeah. Delightful. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite thing look my sister's great she's really awesome thank you very much but this is my favorite thing that she's ever gotten me this is like this is, it's, it's cool. like it's me to a t i i love tintin in fact i actually recently just went to the Hergé museum in in brussels uh which was astounding it was it was amazing yeah if anybody has the opportunity to go to brussels make sure to go to the Hergé museum and see all the original tintin or Tintin artwork very cool. Good Rex. Good Rex. Um, so I usually start out with a question like, why comics? Um, what was it that drew you to comics? And that can be anything because I, I, during the day, I'm an English teacher to uh, spring break this week. But uh, English teacher, former literacy prof. Um, so I'm always interested in what connects people to reading and writing and creating, because that's kind of like what I do every day. I, I try to get people interested. And as we were talking, you know, the, the kids just love the comics podcast interviews. They're just viral, just cocaine bears out there all the time. Um, oh, man, so they just they're all about it. Uh, the amount of times that I see people doing lip syncing videos. You know, uh -huh. a little 13 year old doing lip sync, doing dance battles. Yeah. To, you know, Brian Bendis interviews or Mark Mark Miller's new podcast or Keith Giffen's podcast. I'm not dead yet. Oh, yeah. man. It's, it's just it's catnip for those youngins. It's wild. It's right there below the Wednesday dance, I think. It's right yeah, there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really Charlie D'Amelio's got her own star. Uh, I almost said Star Trek podcast. That just shows you what kind of nerd I am. Uh, but she, yeah, I think she's going to start her own comics interview podcast. I hear she's a really big uh, indie comics and zine fan. Um, really excited to hear her takes on Jillian Tamaki uh, and uh, Eleanor Davis. You know, really, really excited for that. I'm sure she's going to bring some sterling criticism to the the discourse. Some really new perspective, I think. Some really new perspective. I, 100%. 100%. I hope that the new season of her uh hulu tv show they get some of those cartoonists in there you know special guest stars you know we don't need a mm -hmm. sophia diamond we don't need a chase i can't think of his last name whatever chase is these jokes are going to land for no one that's listening to this these are all jokes that are aimed at 13 year olds but they work for me they work for me because i've worked with 13 year olds so i'm like oh yeah that's right that's right 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So, so that path to comics and we could talk about Star Trek as well, because I know you were, uh, you've done Voyager, um, respect the Janeway. Um, so that, what, what kind of drew you in? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, ironic that I'm wearing this Canton shirt and we just talked briefly about Hergé's museum in Brussels because that's how I found comics. Uh, when I was a little kid, I was really into the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew specifically. I loved Nancy Drew. And after I'd read like a bunch of them slash my nanny and mother had read me a bunch of them, my mom went to the local library and was like, you guys have other things that are like Nancy Drew? He loves Nancy Drew and Tint and 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 Hardy Boys, do you, do you have other things like this? And I was probably like three, four, somewhere in there. And um, some unnamed librarian changed my life forever because she was like, oh, yeah, we actually have all of these, uh, all of these Tintin comics, these Franco-Belgian comics. You probably like those. They're kind of boy adventure, girl adventure things. And it blew my mind. I was just like, this is the greatest fucking thing ever. Um, and I basically I've been reading and making comics since then. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love Tintin. I love Hergé, problematic stuff about him, you know, aside, um, right. uh, or not aside, you know, I think it's important to evaluate these people based off of their flaws as well as their positive attributes. And I think he's a really interesting, a really interesting individual specifically for how, his the orbit of people that he was surrounded by uh informed a lot of his political leanings and how that waxed and waned over time um and like as a hardcore Tintin fan like I know these certain characters like Chang or Father Wale or um you know his first wife or his second wife who was a colorist on the series um and how they kind of influenced and caused him to be either more conservative and maybe create some work that had some very tangible racist overtures in it or be more liberal and try and correct some of that stuff and really place emphasis on a more um, positive depiction of people from disparate backgrounds and maybe, you know, people of color being depicted a little bit more respectfully. And it was interesting to me that in the museum, there actually is, it's Belgium, so they don't really want to grapple with anything but they they did include like Father Wale and Chang and all these people in the museum as like not not whole rooms, but like little like displays of like this is who this person is and this is how he impacted Hergé and this is how you can see its impact in the work. Specifically Chang, like I think it's really hard. If anybody doesn't know, the first couple Tintin books are pretty abhorrent. They're pretty racist and uh, mm-hmm. not not a positive depiction of a lot of aspects of the world and um he met a uh he met a chinese art student uh who is a sculptor and an artist in who was studying abroad in belgium and basically wrote to him when he found out that he chang wrote to Eje when he when he found out that Eje was going to do a book set in china and was like hey maybe talk to some people and do some research and get it right because you've done some stuff in the past that wasn't accurate and he mm-hmm. taught him a, he taught him about perspective uh he taught him about um kind of eastern religions and buddhism and he taught him about um some of the political uprisings um that were happening at that time and it it's a part of 
the Hergé mythology now that that stuff really impacted the books in a positive way. And low key, when you read Blue Lotus, it's like, oh, Hergé didn't draw this, like Chang drew this and then Hergé like finished it. Um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. All, all of this stuff, we can stop talking about Hergé. I, to answer your no, question. No, you're, you're good, you're good. Tintin. <laughs> I found comics through Tintin and it's kind of been a, an addiction ever since. But uh, I, I love that you dove into it and talked about it because I'm thinking about like the orbits that people have and the collaborations they have. I know the, the thing about comics that I've heard from people is that it's kind of a lonely mm. venture, but you do get mm -hmm. to sometimes work with some people and collaborate. So I know you have uh, particular people in your orbit. So any, any collaborations that are particularly fruitful that you want to sort of shout yeah, out? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think to just talk about the question first and then I'll answer it. I think you are right that a lot of cartoonists don't have, frankly, I don't think a lot of them have social skills because to master the art of comics is such a internal and it's just, you know, millimeter precision levels of muscle memory in your hands. You know, it's the, it's drawing ability, which doesn't, it doesn't always facilitate a, um, you know, a, a working of the muscle of charisma, you know, um, and uh, for better or for worse, I grew up as a theater nerd. So my my mother's a theater director and I grew up in the theater and I'm just a kind of outgoing, charismatic person uh, as like a default. I don't that sounds uh, big headed, but I don't mean it in like, a you know, I'm great. I just mean, like, if we're in a room, I'm always the person that's kind of talking to people and going around. Um, and that's just not, I, I don't, I don't struggle with the, um, I struggle with other things cause I'm human. Everybody's got flaws, but I, I don't struggle with that aspect of it, which I feel like a lot of cartoonists do, which lead them to being kind of, um, maybe more insular and lonely because the craft is lonely. You spend 15 hours a day. I mean, even I spend 15 hours a day by myself. It's not like I'm drawing with a, you know, circus monkey and, and organ grinder and, you know, a strong man in my apartment going, this is great. Um, you know, that's a great image though. I like that image. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I feel when we go to shows, you know, conventions where it, I, I really love it. I love, it's hard, but I love going and meeting people and talking to them. And, and, you know, we just did a signing tour in France and it was so surreal to not be able to talk to people like you know i mean i could be like je m'appelle dave je suis scénariste that's all i got you know what i mean mm -hmm. like I, I don't speak french and you know one of the people that i collaborate a lot with is an artist named nicole gu uh we've done multiple books together we got nominated for an eisner together with uh, everyone is tulip mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, she speaks more french but our dynamic is usually I'm the one talking to people and kind of, you know, hamming it up. And she's the one drawing in the books for people or, or, you know, doing that, that side of things. And so drawing and talking in a foreign language, I felt so bad for her. Cause I was just like, I, I, I wish I could help you, but I, I got nothing. <laughs> That's um, some layers to work through. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I've had, I feel like I've had very fruitful relationships with, numerous artists you know nicole probably being the the most long-term one um mm. but also uh i did a book called night hunters that floating world published with alexis mm. zirit 
um, who's a great friend of mine. I love that guy. And, and, you know, he, he and I, I think made a really great book together and hopefully we'll make more books. Who knows? And, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that there is, and there's just, there's also just like a little crew of people that, you know, you don't even really mean to fall into a crew necessarily, but when you go to conventions and conventions and conventions and you see the same six people over and over again, unless you're like an asshole, like, of course you're going to make friends and everybody's going to hang out. Um, so, you know, there's like a little troop of people that we always see at shows, you know, Andrew McLean, Alexis, me, uh, Nicole, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them and it, it's very fun to, to kind of have that circus life almost where you're, you are kind of living a life on the road, selling, selling dreams to people, basically being like, Hey, you want to read a book about sad skater kids in Los Angeles, not being able to navigate the gap between being an adult and being a child. No. Oh, okay. Well, keep on, keep going. <laughs> Go see, see you next time. You know, how about you? Do you want to read one? Oh, okay, great. Great. Yeah. This is our book. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of all, all I've ever wanted, frankly. I, um, like I, I genuinely mean this, like when I was younger, the, I think the first, kind of like 12 and it was just like oh this is because you know the, the 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 world was a different place in whatever year that was comic book movies didn't exist if you read comics it was this weird outsider thing that nobody understood if you wanted to make them it was even weirder um and and going there and seeing you know it wasn't a hundred thousand people at that point it was probably what fifty thousand maybe seventy thousand people whatever but it was just like immediate, like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. These are the people, you know, not when I'm in the small town on the border in Arizona, like, oh, okay, I, I get it. There is a world out there. I just need to figure out how to get there. And all I wanted for so long was to just be somebody in the scene, like to just be a guy at the back of Jack Kirby's hundredth birthday party in a, you know, shitty Polaroid photo that gets posted online in 20 years, you know? Um, and uh, look, I don't know if I'm particularly successful as a writer, but I think it, I think that to me is the metric of success. And I, I think I've like done that and continue to do that, which is really all I have ever wanted to do is just be somebody in the scene and uh -huh. express myself using the, the medium that I love so much and hopefully contribute something that touches somebody else in the same way that Tintin and Wet Moon and Jillian Tamaki's work have, have touched me. Yeah, you mentioned Everyone is Tulip, and I was going to mention Everyone is Tulip. I think the the title that I threw out in the pregame show questions was uh, Forest Hills Bootleg Society. But, uh, I mean, I love the character-driven nature of what you do. I love the concept mm. nature of what you do. I mean, Night Hunters is perfect for, like, looking at dystopia some really cool ideas there so uh, i was going to ask about the ideas that you want to kind of project out into the world through your work um yeah i mean i think i think there's a couple answers there one of them is that uh when i'm writing for another artist it's usually analyzing what they do and then trying to construct something that'll be the best version of what they do and then figuring out how to fit something from me inside of that. Like specifically for Night Hunters, I love Alexis's early comics. 
Um, but I didn't always respond to the stories as much. I, I usually responded to his art as like, oh, his art is so fantastic and, and like, you know, Tijuana Bible Kirby intense. Like it's so unique and specific. And I really felt like if I could capture some of that rawness and filter it through some of both of our lived experiences, um, you know, him being from Venezuela and me being from a border town where the police presence is just like, it's just intense. Like institutionalized racism is just a thing there. Like it just is. Um, like I, I felt like we could really make something great together. And uh, in my opinion, we did. I don't think that that's the be all end all though. I think it's, you know, the, how the book goes out of the world and is received. But I really, I feel like the, I feel like the experience of making the book was almost as surreal as the hopefully the experience of reading it, um, which is different now in trade. But when that book was coming out in single issues, you can see my letters columns just going like spiraling down into despair because I thought we were making something like that was a science fiction book that was, was like, we're going to do like our version of like a Pat Mills, John Wagner, 2000 AD story, but we're going to set it in Venezuela and we're going to give you know, the canvas to Alexis. And then as the issues started coming out, it was just like, you know, these people being murdered, our police overstepping, uh, the first person to be killed by a drone on U.S. soil happened, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter riots or protests uh, taking to the streets. And just it it was just like it it was so, such a tangible kind of like everyone together being like, this is not okay. And for the fact to it ultimately feels like it yielded next to nothing is like a hundred percent what our book was about. Like it doesn't, none of this is going to change, unfortunately. And that's why it's so, that's why it's so bleak. And also why we have to continue to rebel because when we rebel and accept it, then they'll never change. But at least if we try, there's going, there's a, glimmering shimmering mirage out in the middle of nowhere that hopefully we can grasp at um yeah yeah but i think that's very different though than what i do with nicole or what even i draw myself you know um and i guess the in terms of the big idea of like what do you want to express with your work it's like i guess i just want to make a record of who i am or what i was thinking at a specific time which is why all the projects feel a little disparate and kind of you know maybe further apart than some other writers who have like a real theme and you like, you know, every time you're going to get from Y writer and mm. hopefully for me, there's like a synthesis of like me and the artist together coming and fusing to make a single story. Um, Cause those are the books that I really love reading, you know, when it feels like there's a, a, a real vision and a real perspective on the world. Um, and also I'm somebody who just likes a bunch of different stuff. Like I like Noah Baumbach movies as much as I like James Cameron movies, you know what I mean? Or I like yeah, reading yeah. weird experimental novels and I like, you know, a sad slice of life autobio comics and I like punk and I like hip hop and I like all of these different disparate things that at various points in time are the thing that I become obsessed with and want to tinker with. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. And to think about like you don't have to do necessarily one thing. You know, it's it's not all night hunters or it's not all 
Forest Hills. Well, I, think, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that one component of that is if, if I only was if I only was drawing and writing my own material, I think it would be probably a little bit more similar to itself, only because I'm I kind of have one specific way that I can draw, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not as good to make a Wes Anderson style character driven piece where I, every, everything is like meticulously rendered and there's tons of little rubble details and like guys with machine guns. You know what I mean? Like that's not, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't fit as well, but that's, that's one of the reasons why I love working with Nicole so much because if I had my druthers, that's the type of work that I would write all the time. Um, but it's really hard to find artists that aren't, um, plagued by genre in the way that I am maybe like you know I think my work that I write and draw when you read it you're like oh they're on the surface it's like oh it's a superhero remix or oh it's a you know action adventure thing or whatever and then underneath it there's the character or the deeper metaphor that's happening um but on the surface like you're you're turning away some people and you're inviting in some people with a guy wearing spandex on a fucking dinosaur or whatever it is that I was obsessed with drawing at that point um, where if I had my druthers, I would love to draw more like Nicole and just make really cool looking like couches. Like the way she draws interiors of rooms. I just, oh. it's so maddening to me. Cause I'm just like, this is like, this, this, like she did a cover for, um, what's that Kyle Higgins, not Power Rangers book. Uh, yeah. Um, black something. Oh, it's in my head because I love that book. Why is that not? Oh my gosh, whatever that, that book, she did a cover for that. And it's great. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't think of the title for some reason. It's not like black Ranger spectrum. I don't know. Whatever. She did a cover for, for one of the books in the massive verse. That's how I should have phrased this. Nicole did a cover for one of the books in the massive verse, I think called dragon Ranger or something or inferno girl, inferno girl. Um, And it's all of the characters like in a bunk bed just like hanging out, like looking at magazines and chit chatting. And it's like the coolest thing I've seen in years. And I'm just like, what, like, why is, why, how do you make a bunk bed look more badass than my like giant fire breathing dragon with like an inverted pentagram and like, you know, swords for arms. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wish I could draw like just normal shit with the sense of voice and the sense of, um, uh, perspective and I don't mean literally but I mean like a personal perspective you know like she draws she draws amazing fashion and that's something I always I'm struggling with trying to figure out how to like simplify shapes down into something that's easily replicable um, and like look is I love character design I don't think that's anything wild to say if anyone's seen my comics it's like there's always crowd scenes of like 500 characters they each have individual character characteristics and wearing weird helmets and giant robot arms or whatever um but it would be really cool to just do that with normal people and that's what nicole does and i and i'm always so jealous of that where i'm just like oh i gotta start drawing from life more and then i go out and sit in a you know coffee shop where i'm drawing somebody from real life and i'm like i hate this can i just put like dracula fangs on them i hate this so much (laughs) there's a page in uh and it was radiant black that just like filtered back into my yes thank you thank you thank you yes um there's a page in forest hills bootleg society 
where you've got like the full page of the characters, like a splash page character design. And then there are all these labels about like mm. the different ways the character is feeling and thinking. And I remember getting to that page the first time I read that book and I thought, well, that's cool. Because, you know, of course, the English teacher in me is like character web and we could talk about character, you know, and all of those things. And just to see like, uh, you know, this quick sort of exposition with the beautiful art and like that, that I just thought inventive approach. And yeah, absolutely. There were no things on that character, but uh, Nicole Gu's design on that was like. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's it's, it's interesting because that's that mechanic. Uh, is one of the things that we went to Simon & Schuster with and we were pitching the book of like, okay, so our, our previous book before that, Fuck Off Squad, is kind of a similar tone. It's a romantic coming-of-age story. That's what I like to write, you know, young people figuring out how to try and be a human. Um, I'm sure there's someone at some point will write a dissertation on how I just need to grow the fuck up and stop writing about like fuck up teenagers. But uh, for now, I'm sticking with my, you know, She's 21 and she doesn't know how to do anything character archetype. I love, I love that archetype. It's never going to die. It's never going to die. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, so when we, when we first started talking to Simon and Schuster about it, uh, I was pitching it very right brain of like, look, we did this mechanic in fuck off squad. I think it can be pushed further. This is the story we're going to tell about these four girls in a conservative Christian boarding school who start selling basically pornography to their male classmates and how it, it impacts their friend group and how the social dynamics of the, the social pressures based off of the various cliques they get in start warping and, and waxing and waning how they each relate to each other. And um, I pitched it as like, and we're going to do this in a very stylistic way where we're going to drop out of the narrative that we're following into like a basin of these almost kind of novel-esque, larger, you know, giant captions that are like the whole page is just me telling you about a certain character's obsession with something or, you know, focusing on something like a character's upper, the hair on their upper lip or how they only have one, one sock that they can find this morning or whatever. And mm. at first, the, the, the editors at Simon Schuster didn't really understand what I was saying, I think probably because they're mostly a prose book publishing and a children's book publishing company. And I was speaking to kind of inside baseball comics. Um, but then I showed them, like I sent them a PDF of the book with like circled, like look at this page, see how there's all these like captions that like flay out around. We're going to do stuff like this. And then a step further where this book is going to be, Forest Hills is going to be like a stylistic evolution of, of you know, this this mechanic that Nicole and I have been kind of massaging or experimenting with. And once I kind of framed it that way for them, they were like, oh, why didn't you say it in the first place? And I was like, well, I tried, but I, I guess I used the wrong words. Um, and I, it's been really interesting to see who responds to that stuff and who is kind of like, this is a lot of fucking reading, man. And it, you know what? They're both right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. They're both, they're both a lot of reading. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like to see, I always look for those inventive twists and like doing something new in comics. So, I mean, and that, and that's just one example. But um, before we before we wrap up and, and land the episode, any um, 
web spaces, upcoming works, any, anything that you want to throw out there into the world uh, before I also mention that we kind of have the same glasses. <laughs> I was just uh, going to say that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except uh, I don't have the things on the corner of my and I keep fogging up today. I don't know what that is. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. These are <laughs> these are rape bands, I guess, or something. I'm not mine yeah, too. Yeah. Hey, sorry. what's up? The quintessential. Need a ten ten Tom Tom shirt. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh yeah. I mean you can find my comics uh online at heydayfaker.com. Um uh, I'm self-publishing uh, a book right now called Halloween Boy, um, which is a comic about a character who only helps people in uh, impossible situations. And so each issue is a one-and-done story of him kind of taking on this kind of crucible of helping someone in an unwinnable scenario. Um, and issue four just went to the printer. And issue five, I'm currently coloring and lettering. Uh, all my other books are available wherever you get your books, Tulip, uh, Fuck Off Squad, um, uh, Forest Hills, but like I said, I forgot the name for a second. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. And if you're a French listener, you should go buy the French edition of Forest Hills, which just came out through Sarbacan. And it was very fun to go to France and promote the book and French comics, man. That's just the future. I don't know about this American business. We should go the French way because they treat people real nice over there. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. The comics industry is is a thing, and I mean, you can't go wrong with Valerian and the directions oh, yeah. from there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, even just the fact that, like, you know, just talking about it from like a creator standpoint, um, they, the the publisher Sarbacan and all of the comic stores, we did five stuff. Sh- five signings in five over the course of five weeks at um, different or over the course of four weeks at uh, different shops around France and the publisher and the shops, they like took us everywhere, paid for our hotels and were so nice. And like, you know, b- b- bought us meals and we're like, ah, fucking come, come to, come to France where there's nothing else to do, but go to a comic store and all these people will come and see you and talk to you about comics sometimes in French. And then you'll just kind of go, we, 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 we. They're all so, merci, merci, merci. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they were so nice. It was such a, it was such a great experience um, that uh, is not very similar to experiences I've had in the States. It, there's just no money in the States. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to do that, I guess, for shops and conventions and whatnot. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't even know why I'm rambling about this comics comics are great everywhere i'm not i'm not saying that they, they suck are the great. and and fund them and yeah in the united states people are doing kickstarters and i know growing up like there was the comic shop that would sort of float like eventually i think the guy just got a tent and was like i will have my comics tent since i can't afford the rent um yeah, yeah. but this has been episode 13 fantastic conversation with eisner nominated dave baker um <laughs> so thanks very much for listening and 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 thank you eisner nominated dave baker (laughs) thank you man i I really appreciate you having me uh it was nice to be on the show jason please reach out if you want to just hang out bro because we got the same glasses we should probably just hang out right we we should we should yeah and i'm sure you have lots of time so yeah absolutely (laughs) 
we we can have another coffee in my uh, virtual library here. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds great. 